We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Hey everyone, welcome once again to yet another episode of Two Noobs Talking. It is episode 68 and up. Guys, you know, I don't think we need this helmet anymore. Why are you holding a piece of crap? Well, I threw it out. Oh, now you're not. Okay, good. Basically, I just tossed it. Oh, Matt, Welcome. that's very, that's irresponsible of you. Pieces <laughs> of crap should be flushed down the toilet, not tossed in the garbage. Well, I, I guess I wanted to spare them the humiliation, the further humiliation that they've gone through. I, I, I am, you know, kind of somewhat sympathetic. Somewhat. I'm but, not. <laughs> I'm not. Love your it. ass your ass runs a quarterback draw with 14 seconds left, and then you forget you're supposed to hand the ball to the official. I have no sympathy for them. Well, you know what? I, what I also loved too about it was the fact that he that the center tried to spot where he thought everything was supposed to be, and the, the, the referee was like, "No, no, you got to move this back a little bit. You're not here. You're there." That's <laughs> that was the best part about it. But with me, of course, is Mr. Steve Murray. Steve, how you doing, sir? Greetings, programs. There you go, and. Welcoming back after a week off or a bye week, I guess you could say, mental health break, whatever, vacation. I was not on the COVID protocol list. He was not on the COVID protocol list, Mr. John Tracy. John, how you doing, brother? Good to see you. Thank you guys for for last week. There you go. uh, Handling it and doing a great show. I appreciate it. it. Love it. I'm, of course, Matt Craig, just happy to be along for the ride, as always. You know, and I was trying so hard. It's episode 68. You know, it's episode 68. I'm trying really, really hard. Who wore it in the city of Philadelphia? And I'm digging, and I'm digging, I'm digging. I don't remember anybody. And, yeah. Nobody. Nobody except... <laughs> There's nobody. Steve knows someone wore a 68. Only oh, probably one of the greatest hockey players, certainly got to be in the Mount Rushmore, I would think. Really, in terms of its longevity, I wouldn't be friends with people if they didn't at least put him fifth to the Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah, like you immediately don't know anything about hockey if he's not like if he's not on the Mount Rushmore, he has to be around it, like very close. Yeah, he's got to be in the Valley of the Presidents. Yeah, he has to be very, very close. He's, he's absolutely got to be on the Mount Rushmore. He is, in my opinion, top three. Yeah, probably, probably second. Yeah, who we're talking I about. can't argue that. Yeah. Like, I can't argue that at all. I think it's just because of the longevity of his career. The fact he's a multiple-time Stanley Cup champion. He continues to keep playing. He's still playing. He's a machine. Yeah. Absolute machine. Yeah. Have you seen anybody? Because we can can make uh, Ovechkin talk, Gretzky talk, Gordie Howe talk. They all had their thing, right? Mm -hmm. But Yager kind of – Yager was dangerous wherever he was on the ice. Yeah, it didn't matter. Remember, but it, the penalty kill, you, you were you had to pay attention to him. Oh yeah, he right behind you. Yeah, I can tell you. I could tell you a story back when he played with the Rangers. Hmm. Matt and I went to a game. He was dead to uh, me by the at way. the Wells Fargo. Look, he was dead. To, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Matt and I went to the Wells Fargo Center, watched uh, the Rangers and the Flyers play, and they went to overtime, and the Rangers got a power play, and Yager's out there, and I don't remember who even who he was with, but. Yeah, just it, this this guy's skill is off the charts, oh. but his his brain works faster than 
anyone else. The he was yeah. he was like an on ice coach. He was actually as the puck is moving around the power play, he's like pointing where to go with the puck. Go there. Where he's like, <laughs> go there. You go over there. Now pass him the puck. Okay, now give it to me. I'm gonna give it back to you. You go over there. Oh. And he ended up. It ended up. He scored. He had a one timer. Scored the game winner. Yeah. And Matt and I were just like. You know, we couldn't even be disappointed in the Flyers' loss because it's like, we, what did we just watch? We Holy just crap. What we watched was pure greatness. I mean, you're able to direct people, and he's pointing people with a stick, going, "No, you got to go over here. You got to go over here. Pass the puck to me. Okay, I'll shoot it and score." I mean, that was just unbelievable. He's drawing up the power play as it was unfolding. It was unbelievable. I remember. And that. he didn't even celebrate afterwards. He's just like, "Yeah, that's right." He's like, "Okay, it off. all right, we're out." He was not a big celebrator at all. He, he almost expect, yeah. almost expected like it almost like in his brain he was expecting to do what he was what he just did like yeah. it wasn't it's very very um Barry Sanders ish when yeah. Barry Sanders would break a big run or or run around for a while break it and then just hand the ball like Toss he wasn't shocked that he was there it wasn't like look at me I made a play it was like here's the ball like the defense like Crazy. I'm gonna go over here now. Yeah, crazy. Before we came on, uh, I, I just I logged into YouTube to refresh my recollection of Yaramir Yager, uh, you know, history. Yeah. And the the thing that amazes me about this guy is there are guys who make flashy plays, mm -hmm. but with Yager, it's like play after play after play after play was just yeah. I, I kept going, oh my god, that's disgusting. He yeah. just he just makes sick plays over and over again, and some guys will you know have like yeah. four or five, and that's it for their career. This guy has like so many you can't even fit them all on you know top lists. It's, it's almost just, like an endless cycle of these tremendous yeah. tremendous plays. I remember specifically, I think I think it was um, Flyers Penguins in the uh, in that series where Chris Golf was in net, but yeah, Yager. I think it was twenty twelve that twenty twelve season. Yeah, he was the one that kept the puck in the zone. In order for Giroux to score, like everyone calls that the shift, basically I that see. Giroux kills Crosby, comes back, scores a goal thirty-two seconds in. That doesn't happen without Yager keeping that puck in the zone. You watch that play going all the way back. Penguins are almost getting that puck out of the zone. It's not for you if it wasn't for Yager reaching with his stick, knocking the puck down, and then Giroux picks it up and he scores the go tremendous goal. But Yager was everywhere. That's what's so great about him. He just he doesn't had... matter. He had size, he had reach, yeah. like, and, and his hands were so quick with that reach. Yeah. You had a, you know, the puck was like 15 feet over here and now it's all the way over here. And it was just impossible to get it off him. And he yeah. did some of the most famous uh, hips, hips and yeah. hands his skating was all the time just to get, like he could move his body at, so you couldn't get to him. Yeah. You're trying to come over this side and he's, he's backing you down. Like almost like he was playing basketball, but he yeah. was playing it on ice. With a stick yeah, and with a, a stick. It's just like you can't defend that. Yeah. yeah you, <laughs> can't, you can't play against that. <laughs> you can't play I mean, against the, the, <laughs> the real shame of it is for his career, you know, he played a lot of his prime on some bad Penguin teams. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he went to Washington. And unfortunately, Washington didn't really build properly around them. So they didn't do very well. And then when he was with the Rangers, the Rangers were slowly ascending from the mediocrity that it had been pre-lockout. Mm -hmm. so he didn't really you know Lundquist and all that and so that he didn't really get a real good chance there and then he went to the KHL yeah if he hadn't I mean, think about this because oh. a couple things on him he played the majority of his prime career mm -hmm. in the pre-2005 lockout era yeah. which was the clutch and grab yeah. yeah so he missed the 80s 
He missed the 80s. He comes into the 90s, which is all, you know, clutching and grabbing. Grab you. Just grab you. That's how they defended you. Yeah. Missed a year in the lockout, went to the KHL for three years. Can you imagine if this guy had played like in a good era, mm. all the so seasons? Oh. He would have, he would have, oh, if literally. anyone was going to come close to Gretzky's numbers, it would have yeah. been him. This what, guy if been was, what if he was on that, those Edmonton teams mm. and not Gretzky? I think we'd be having a completely different conversation, conversation. on the quote unquote greatest of all time. Yeah, I don't, I, think, I don't think Gretzky is the greatest of all time. I think I, if, a, you see, if you want to see, if you want to see Yager, but if you want to see Yager, what made him so great mm. and, and the, the bull crap era he had to play in. Oh yeah. When you watch the five overtime game against the flyers, mm-hmm. he is literally like carrying Andy Delmore on his back, like a backpack yeah. because yeah. that's the only way they could keep him from scoring. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they had to jump on the guy to, to keep him yes. out keep of the net. Not scoring. Yeah, and so. sometimes that wasn't even enough. Exactly. Yeah. Now, can you just imagine because this this is the possibility that could have been in Philadelphia, and this is our hard luck. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have had at least two out of three of the following on the Flyers at any time in the '90s would have been Yager, Forsberg, Lindros. Yep. Could you imagine Lindros and Yager, or Forsberg and Yager? It's, that would know, it's un, it's unfathomable. That would be ridiculous. I, I don't know where. I mean, that is a Yager was the winger. That's right. So you have you have Limba, Lindros Forsberg, but you could put Yager anywhere on those two, and especially you if you have... tie him with Forsberg, and you got a young Gagne on top of that. Forsberg, Yager, Gagne. Can you imagine that kind of a line? My God, that would have been unbelievable. Could you imagine the? Could you imagine Leclerc Lindros Yager? Yeah. <laughs> like Yager takes yeah. over what the Renberg position was. How yeah. they used to. How they used to have that cool play oh, where they would circle the net. Yager would have scored 80 goals with the way Lindros could pass. Pass? Mm-hmm. Lindros would get him. Seen anything like Lindros that. could pass shitty people open. Imagine. <laughs> he made Trent Clatt a 20 goal scorer. There you go. Say. That's right. That's right. But oh, no. and by the way, oh, and by the way, before we move on, Jordan Mailata also has worn 68. And I think all three of us, too. Absolutely. We love Jordan yes. Mailata. Yeah. I mean, no- my God. Solid left tackle for the Eagles. He's going to be like there for the next ten to twelve years. Easily. I can't wait. I can't wait until they draft his replacement in eleven years, <laughs> because I just know he's going to. He's going to be. He's, he, we said this last night. He yeah. simply Trey Thomas, yep. Jason Peters, Joy, Jordan, Jordan Mailata. There's no difference. And there I really guarantee you, we also we've also said this too. Uh, pre-production, we'll say it now. You give him the ball in the you know in the fullback position on the goal line. Come on, Nick. Just do it Got one it. time. Either First the goal at the one, man. give it to the big he deserves man. It. He deserves if you it. Can, if you can throw a pass to Lane Johnson, you can hand the ball to Jordan Mylotta. Absolutely. Because he will plow people over into the end zone. That's going to be great. Uh, I, I got to turn around just to make sure everybody gets the full. Oh, here we go. Yes. Uh, you know, look at yes. that. That's one of the greatest jerseys ever designed. Yeah. That's one of my all-time favorite hockey jerseys. Just Czech Republic. That's, that's, the, Olympi- that's the Olympic one. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's that's the Olympic a one. real good one. When yeah. We used to wake up at 3.30 in the morning to watch hockey. Uh, when they were- <laughs> What's God, the- those were the days. Exactly. And I bought this. I bought this in 2002, I yeah. think. Yep. And to be able to wear it 
to the Wells Fargo Center in 2011 when Yager finally joined the Flyers was fantastic. That was surreal. Yeah, that's awesome stuff. All right, gents. Well, let's dive into our news of the day here. And we've got, obviously, a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um you know, let's talk about this pandemic because there has been so much movement within the last couple of weeks since John decided to take his week off and has now come back from COVID protocol. Not on the COVID list. <laughs> I would feel much more comfortable if you were wearing a mask right now, John. <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Only a KN95. So let, let's, as John also, I need a negative test here. from you. Okay. As John fishes for his mask here. Let's talk about this SCOTUS okay. ruling. Um, John, what are you doing up there? Man? I'm trying to get a negative test for Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so while John's taking his negative COVID test up there, uh, Steve, I'll go to you first. Let's talk about this. There you go. Let's talk about this SCOTUS ruling here. 6-3 decision. We not call it SCOTUS, please. That's just, it's I too close. Court. Okay. Yeah, it's too it. close to scrotum. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is very true. But that's it's true. also not out of the realm that we shouldn't just call them scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the decisions over the yeah, exactly. Hey, I am I am admitted to practice. I will not uh sully you the good can't, name. I can't. You can't. Exactly. Exactly. No, you don't, nobody can know where I live or where I work. Well, let's the, let's talk about this Supreme Court ruling there. The six three decision on Biden's you know vaccine mandate here through OSHA. Steve, you, I, I always love learning from you because it, it, number one, it humbles me because it's like I don't know much about law and so getting corrected on something like oh this is a constitutional thing and boom it gets kicked out that's great rah, rah, you know all that kind of stuff but you had a terrific take on it i'm going to let you just take the baton here talk to us about really what the ruling means in terms of you know basically halting this entire mandate from happening okay. <laughs> uh the i read the i read the decision um, which I, I'm guessing a lot of people probably didn't. They just read the news about it. The The, the actual opinion of the court was actually pretty boring. Uh, the, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court will try to avoid ruling on constitutional questions as much as possible, just because you can't be interpreting the constitution as many cases as they get a year and ex- expect to, have a, a coherent vision of what your government's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. So whenever, whenever they can get an out on a constitutional question, they will try to take it. Yeah. And the main opinion of the court, um, and I guess I should start by saying this decision was not actually striking down the OSHA mandate. Mm-hmm. This was the some several states and other, uh, I think, companies or 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 attorney generals, I, the list was very long of people who sued the U S government and OSHA after the, the proposed rules came out mm-hmm. uh, for the mandate mm-hmm. and the um, sixth circuit court of appeals ruled that the, uh, they would not stay the mandate while the issue was being litigated in court. So sometimes you can get, if there's a rule coming up, you can say, no, we're going to stay that. Or we're not going to implement it until a final decision is made on whether it's proper or not. Mm-hmm. And the Sixth Circuit said, no, we're not going to stay it. And so that went up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court's decision is, yes, we are going to stay the mandate while this is adjudicated on the merits. Mm-hmm. So the opinion of the court was 
not really on a constitutional issue. It was more about OSHA has the, the legislation put forth for how OSHA is to operate as an administrative agency. There is, I think it was a two-part test that they have to satisfy to promulgate things like this for emergency situations. Mm -hmm. And the Supreme Court said, you didn't satisfy that test. Uh, COVID is not exclusively a workplace mm -hmm. issue. You can get COVID anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so requiring, and it, it, the more I thought about it, companies with 100 people or more, I'm not really sure what sense that made other than 100 is a round number. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, also, it's, a, it's also Joe Biden. Remember, if you want to give it to Joe, I'll make a one and a zero zero. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's all arbitrary. Greatest quote ever. Yeah, it, it's it seemed arbitrary. So they said, yeah. you, you, by arbitrarily saying a hundred employees or more, you got to have this vaccine mandate. Yep. They said that's that does not satisfy mm. the requirements, mm. and the dissent, the three justices who dissented. Um, they just reached the opposite conclusion. You know, you had asked me, Matt, yesterday, well, if this is a constitutional decision, why is it, why isn't it uh, nine why nothing? Why is it nine nothing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the, again, the, the court opinion was not really on a constitutional basis and the dissent wasn't really either. The dissent was, well, yes, COVID, even if COVID is out there um, independent of the workplace, mm -hmm. you can still enforce workplace protection, protect them at the workplace from COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was really the concurring opinion from who I think Gorsuch penned and was joined by Thomas and one other justice. Mm -hmm. That was the one that really kind of said, well, there's that, but there's also these constitutional issues and separation of mm -hmm. federal government really shouldn't be uh, enforcing this type of mandate on the general public because it's not there purview it's not their function mm -hmm. uh, particularly as an administrative agency like osha anything like that should come from congress congress didn't give you that authority so you can't be making this so there you go the ultimately the decision is a little bit boring but um <laughs> it's it, it it's good for those who like me don't think the federal government should be issuing a mandate like this right because and, I think you also yeah. made the great point yesterday in pre-production. You said to us, "Well, you can't take the vaccine. You can't take the vaccine away like you can take your helmet off when you're work like an occupational safety health administration when you're working on site." John would know this working for yes, you know. I can take my safety goggles off. When exactly. I'm I can take my. Can't boots do that off. when you get a vaccine. Can't, you just can't. Can't There's take no the vaccine out of my arm. You can't pop it out. Right. Exactly. You can't. I'd find it even more weird if you could. <laughs> they just well, to, that tomorrow like, the cdc comes out and says oh we can just take that out of you that would then make them even creepier oh heck yeah <laughs> oh to to some conspiracy theorists i'm sure they could say that uh oh yeah, oh, yeah. the, there, the there chip are that gets installed when you get the jab yeah you, you can gotta, pull you that out pop that there's, out there it's all out there yeah they're yeah, totally exactly no but that's really helpful steve because i mean yeah i mean supreme court rulings you're right are kind of like okay they're kind of long and elongated for the the common folk for this sure. was believe it or not this one was actually fairly short no I kidding was, i was dreading like you're thinking this, this is how bad it is i'm dreading looking at the opinion because i've seen supreme court opinions i'm like oh god this is going to be horrible to read yeah. 
And when I opened it up and the PDF was only 30 pages, I said, thank God. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> That's really good, though. That's really helpful. I mean, yeah, I, I think just the arbitrary figure, I think that's the one thing. I know I work for an organization that has, a, you know, probably around like four or 500 people. And of course, like that, through us kind of like, okay, well, we don't really know whether or not this is going to, what we're going to do. We have no idea. Is this going to happen or not? And now it's obviously passed through the whole legal process. And so, yeah, it... Gosh, that was just a disaster. I think it was just ultimately an utter, utter disaster. Um, really, John, what are your what are your thoughts, real quick, on it? Just a uh, question to Steve, real quick, just so we can kind of sum it up. It's yeah, not it. over. The Supreme Court is just basically halting it so that the legal process can go through, right? Correct. And, and, so, the, and the states that are suing, they now have to be lit. It has to be litigated, correct? And then correct. a ruling will be handled then. I can, I can give you, I can give you a really good analogy. So just imagine like somebody's going to cut down some famous tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the quote I've heard a judge use in a case I was on the chainsaw is running and you want to litigate whether or not they have the ability to cut the tree down. To cut the tree down. Mm-hmm. So you get a stay while you litigate, because if you, if the tree gets cut down, there goes the case. And I think something similar here, like you, you force all these people to get vaccinated and then it comes out. Well, you, you, the mandates improper. You, you can't do that. Yeah. And then all the people who, who did it against their will, just because their employer had to make them do it because the federal government told them to do it. Yes. That's, you know, kind of shit out of luck. So I think it was, it's, it's a good thing that it's stayed while they determine whether it's proper. Now, In making its decision, the Supreme Court weighed the likelihood of success on the merits, which is one of the factors for a stay. Mm. And I think, you know, ultimately, from the Sixth Circuit's perspective, they're probably not going to reach an opposite conclusion on the merits unless some new evidence comes to light. Uh, So for all intents and purposes, it's probably dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Especially, and that's such a great transition because... Really, you start to think about, we'll talk about this a little bit later in this massive first topic, but COVID cases are now starting to decline again mm-hmm. uh, throughout the country. And again, we'll get to that. But before we do, let's talk about this difference between uh, the company Carhartt and Starbucks. Both have taken opposite opinions here. Mm-hmm. And um, John, let's let's talk about this real quick. You've got Carhartt, who is still, despite the fact of the stay that's now happening in the Supreme mm-hmm. Court, the CEO has said, this does not work for us. We've got to really take this seriously. We are still requiring our employees to get vaccinated. He mentioned that it was a core value of the company. Which was a core value of the company. Every right to do that. Absolutely. And then, every right. then you've got Starbucks, this nationwide coffee house company that basically was requiring their employees to get vaccinated. Now they're saying, we're going to pull away from that. We are not going to uh, require that anymore. I think half of that is morality, and the other half was they lost a ton of money, ton of money. Yeah, when they yeah. when they first put their like because the, the the thing with the with the with the uh, Republicans they like to do if they don't like a decision you make they burn your stuff and don't buy it and boycott you and they do it by, I mean hundreds of thousands of people. It, it happens all the time between the, the time. left and the right. And yep. that's exactly what happened with Starbucks. And I think Starbucks kind of looked at their line 
even though they it's a it's a good you know it's a good moral decision for them as a company mm-hmm. that that's the way they want it to look and that's fine but i think a, a little bit had to do with uh the pocket the pocket got a little loose yeah yeah what, what's interesting to me too is the fact that talking about the republicans you know one of the i think it was a state rep in florida basically was ripping Carhartt saying like, well, this is a world company. How could they possibly still require the vaccine? And I, I basically, when I read that, I, I said, whoa, 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 time out. The CEO is in charge of the company here. Yeah. The CEO has to make a risk analysis and says, okay, this is still a very deadly disease. I want to make sure that I'm protecting my employees to the very best of my ability. Therefore, as part of our core value, therefore, I am requiring my companies or my employees to get vaccinated. Now, you as an employee do not have to follow that. You, as an at-will employee, can go anywhere you want to and say, see you later, I'm going to get another job over here. A lot of times you may not have that option. Point two, though, that I want to also bring up, here's the thing. The CEOs also have to acknowledge exemptions, whether it's religious, whether it's a health exemption, they have to acknowledge that they cannot force a vaccination on someone that is either allergic to the vaccine or has a religious you know, thought process on it and says, I don't want to get jabbed. It's against my faith. It's against my religion. I don't want to take part in this. You know, I think that's really, really important. Now, whether or not the CEO, certain CEOs say, no, you still have to get vaccinated. That's a totally separate issue. That has nothing to do with OSHA. It has nothing to do with Biden. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the federal government, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I, I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah. You know, they 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 hear some company like Carhartt is still going to have a mandate. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh, you're violating constitutional rights. It's like, well, no, it's not the federal government. Yeah. The, the yeah. Constitution <laughs> applies to the federal government. Yes. Uh, and the people- by the it's a relationship I, between the federal government and the people. Yeah, not, yeah exactly. It, it's not people to people. Like, yeah, exactly. you can't take my constitutional rights away from me. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, right, right. That's not how it works. Yep. Right. Um, but before I forget, I, I did want to point out, I did, I don't think it really played a matter in the, in the decision, but um, as I, as I said in pre-production, it, it caught me funny that this, these quotes were in the opinion. Biden probably didn't help himself hmm. by uh, basically admitting what the OSHA mandate was, which was an effort to vaccinate more Americans and not just an occupational safety mm-hmm. issue. So, uh, you know, if you want to, for any future presidents, if you're trying to get some administrative um, rules passed, you probably don't want to admit what you're really doing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there he's under a quota, Steve. So, you well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but. You know, the the thing about, I, I, I agree with you, Matt. I don't think calling Carhartt woke, I, I don't think that's, that, that that term is not applicable in this instance. No, no. Um, it's, it's, I, yeah. I, I do think, I do we think requiring, I do think requiring vaccination is, is still in keeping with misguided thought that that's going yeah. to reduce transmission, which we've shown yes. and learned it does not. Great point. It's, Great. It's point. really again your seatbelt. You're protecting yes, yourself. Exactly. So, your decision, your choice to make. It's not up to an organization ultimately uh, to make that. Right. I guess you could say that call. But again, 
we're not leaders of CEOs. We're not taking the whole. No, thing. that's their decision. That's their, their decision. decision. They've got to make their own risk mitigation analysis. I get it. I get it. And if you if you don't want to buy it, don't buy it. If you want to buy it, buy it. I I wear you know I wear some Carhartt stuff because it's far more comfortable than anything else. I'm yeah. not when I'm buying clothes. I'm not going. Okay, well I wonder. I wonder if this CEO has the same moral compass that I have. Yeah, you're not thinking that when you make a purchase like that. And the people that say that they do that, that's a little weird because you're spending a lot of time in other people's, letting other people live in your brain than making your own decisions in life. Yeah. Yeah. Is it weird? Is it weird that I've never heard of Carhartt? That's fine. You you probably you probably have missed out, but in your I, yeah. line of work, you probably have never needed anything that Carhartt would have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what do they make? They make uh, outdoor yeah outdoor clothing, kind of like the North clothing Face. for construction workers, basically. Oh, there you oh, go. Okay. Extremely comfortable. Like they're really that, that hat. It's a hat. It just. Or gave it to me as a Christmas present. That hat's four years old, and it still <laughs> keeps my head warm in a way that no other hat does. Uh, it's, it's well, a, I heard the I, name. I don't know what they put in it. Like yeah. it's crazy. That's I awesome. heard the name, and I just automatically assumed they made like engines or something. <laughs> well, it does have that kind of feel to it. Um, but let's. Uh, we're going to take this last bit of the first topic here, and I'm going to just combine it really because it's three separate articles that we think are very, very encouraging. One is the UK, Boris Johnson, John's boy. Crazy the, uh, Boris. I mean, it's just, yeah. Crazy, I love Crazy him. Boris Johnson. Uh, he's dropping the mask mandates uh, across the country. They are not going to require mask mandates throughout the well, country. Well, when it comes to Boris, he's only doing it for the time in which, like, because in Boris time, because this dude flip-flops, changes left, right. When you think he's going one way, he goes the other. Like, he goes the opposite way, yes, absolutely. He always looks like he just rolled out of bed, too. <laughs> My favorite part of the press conference, by the way, is yeah. when he, for 30 seconds, he's trying to hand comb over that thing that hangs up the side of his face. <laughs> he's got the, he he's looks got, like he was on a four-week bender. <laughs> whiskey, cigarettes, and women. Like, and he's like, I'm taking away the masks. It's fine. He's got the... He's got the Dennis the Menace thing going on, but it's actually envelops his whole head. Yeah, pretty much. It's not just, yeah. it's not just a little piece <laughs> at the back. It's like that one part. It was hilarious. Like... Awesome. We also took a look at our own individual counties yes. um, re- recently in Google, and I think we'll probably throw them up here on screenshots on the on the on the screen here. You can see here uh, in Montgomery County where Steve lives, Montgomery County, you start to see a little bit of a tick downwards. You see Montgomery the... County, Pennsylvania, just Montgomery to County, PA. Yep. Don't tell them where you live. Uh, well, oh, I, we've narrowed it down now to uh, you know an area with hundreds of thousands of people. I think exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chester County. Um, the, I, I, I can still know how to get to your house, so I'm fine. <laughs> and then wherever John lives, we'll throw that up there. Real. I'm somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, somewhere in Texas. It's in the heart of Texas. Yeah, exactly. But the cases are starting. You know, they were obviously we sent like I think it was a world record in the most cases like in the early part of January. I'm thinking like, mm-hmm. good lord almighty. But now, of course, they're starting to drop. 64 liberals celebrate it when that happened on a rooftop wearing masks. It happened. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was a thing. I guess you have nothing else better to do. It made Instagram. The, at least in, in Montgomery and Chester, John's was still a little sketchy just because yep. Texans are, you know, yeah. they support the Dallas Cowboys. 
Um, <laughs> the, but then, but then, uh, but it's you know it was skyrocketing, like yeah. it was shooting straight up. But Montgomery and Chester counties, where we are, it's coming back down, and it looks like sort of the similar rate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's it's shooting back down quickly, just yeah. as it shot up quickly, which I think some people said was likely to happen oh yes yeah uh, based you, on you know south africa and what happened there and uh you're seeing so. the uk yep in fact i'll throw this out there too if you ever get a chance go to dr john campbell on youtube he's an excellent british doctor mm-hmm. very straightforward runs his videos about 20 25 minutes about what he is seeing in terms of the overall pandemic and he has been incredibly reassuring to to folks uh, in his presentation and his style. So if you ever get a chance, Dr. John Campbell will throw that in the show notes as well. But then we have a great report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, who uh, basically coming out of Denver, John just sent this to us uh, right before we just uh, started to hit the record button here. Natural immunity was six times stronger than the, during the Delta wave than vaccination, according to a new report from the CDC. So that's very, very interesting. John, what, what, what do you think with our, with our beloved Centers for Disease Control and Prevention? My what only do, question is what else do you have under, the, under that? Yeah. Or in that case that you, you're floating things out very slowly. Like what else? <laughs> it makes me just, I'm, I'm interested in what they're, where they're pulling from the filing cabinet. I'm interested in what else they have. Yeah. It's not, it's not shocking. It, and from what I understand, it's if you got COVID, you're, you're, you have a natural immunity to COVID. Make that make sense. I mean, that's pretty much, I, I think that's science, right? Yeah. They're just saying that that immunity, like if you get COVID and you're, you have a natural immunity, it's far more than if you didn't get COVID, but you got vaccinated. Yep. You're far, you're, you're six times more likely to catch it. Mm-hmm. But they're not That's, saying any. No, it's not six times more like you're going to catch it. It means six times more likely that your body will defeat it. Okay, but you. Well, in both ways, it's gonna it's gonna defeat it. So I don't understand the six times, but it's it's just saying if you got COVID, you're basically what they. One side has been saying the whole time: if you get COVID, you don't necessarily have to worry. Right. Because you already had it. There no, are I'm not though, saying that you, you, you know, if yeah. you think that you need to get the vaccine to help, that just do do what do you is what do, I exactly. Talk to your primary care physician, yeah. talk to your doctor, all that kind of stuff. I don't know, think you, it's as groundbreaking as people are think it is, but it's definitely something that probably should have been. They probably should have told us about a year ago. If anything, exactly, and if anything, people like a Lord Fauci, the Riddler, should have said. Over a year ago, get vitamin D3 into your system. Walk, exercise, eat right, drink plenty of water, you know, rest, get importance of rest. But he didn't. And so he has his reputation now that he has so to weird, so weird. He gets thrown into Arkham Asylum for the rest I'd of like to, I'd like to see I'd like to see the um the underlying numbers because yeah. and I don't know why they would try to emphasize six times but you know if six out of a million vaccinated people were hospitalized mm-hmm. that would just mean if you had natural immunity one out of a million people would be hospitalized it seems very very seems weird that the wording seems weird yeah it's it, i've had a problem this whole time with just the way numbers get manipulated 
Yes. Uh, to to prove your point, if you want a small number, you'll you'll use you know one set of data to mm-hmm. or you'll use one you'll use percentages or something. And if you want to look at this, it's uh, you know if you want extreme numbers, then you use actual numbers, and it's just it's it's very annoying. It's so sad. It, it kind of reminds me also too of I think I said this before in the podcast, Steve, where you know there was a San Francisco medical college that i was a part of and i was listening to it on youtube and they've ultimately said look you know what happens between politics and science politics will win out over science and i i thought to myself god if we get to that point we're in serious trouble and you know hopefully knock on wood we're not at that point but clearly we need to start understanding more and more about how science works not the science but science and how Stuff like this, when it happens, we're more prepared than oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. We're all running around like going crazy, and you know we're you know having all kinds of mental health issues because now that's going to be the biggest thing. You've got not only just the mental health that you've got to like rebound from, but you also got to get rid of this fentanyl that's been floating around out there. That's even more that's more deadly, I think, than COVID has ever been. To be perfectly honest, well, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example of how the numbers can get manipulated depending on. Uh, so the way the Philly Inquirer reported for the longest time, like coronavirus cases, mm-hmm. they would give you the number per one hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just let's just say Philadelphia County. Okay. Based on the numbers, based on the number of COVID cases and the population of Philadelphia, 1,000 out of one, every 100,000 people had COVID. Mm-hmm. That sounds huge, right? Mm-hmm. Until you divide 1,000 by 100,000 and it's 1%. Yeah, it's nothing. So if you want to minimize COVID, you take the 1%. If you want to blow people's minds, you take the 1,000 number. Yeah. And it's just, you know. Long. Yeah. Yeah, and scary too. It's not my my biggest complaint of the whole thing was that the cases, yeah. when people when they were making and st- they still are making decisions off of cases mm-hmm. instead, like instead of deaths. That was my biggest thing because that's what I thought. You know, moving in, you know, being forty some years old, I thought we did it this way. Why are we doing it this way now? That was my biggest gripe. Like, mm-hmm. why are we looking at those numbers instead of like the actual numbers? Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. I think we talked about this before. The 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 early on, the case numbers and the death numbers were correlated. Yes. Now that's no longer the case. There's yeah. there's a bigger discrepancy. Mm-hmm. Big time. And so the case numbers versus the death numbers doesn't yeah. line up anymore. That was all yeah. but that was always my thing. Like if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna defeat a pandemic and we're gonna get back to normal, wouldn't we follow the oh my god, the mortality is going down. Hmm. okay the cases are going up okay people okay we need to monitor that because people are getting sick mm-hmm. but i would i would always I, that's always been my thought why aren't we following and making our decisions on we're not dying in the streets like we yeah. were quote unquote supposed to yeah exactly or what was modeled against you yeah. know that kind of a deal that, yeah. that mod, I, oh god if if i could go back and that's time, another thing one thing i would take i would get on stage take donald trump and hit fauci with him like if that original i don't know about everybody else but it's just been ever living bleep out of me when they said that originally i was like 
Yeah, that that does not help. That does not help. And I think not helping it was probably intended to, you know, do something, but it did whatever whatever the in, original intention was. It didn't it didn't go well. It didn't go well at all. Yeah, exactly. Good point. So let's move on. Let's you know, all that COVID talk. That was great. But oh, thank God. Okay. Cnet.com had topic two here. Cnet.com, John. Yeah. This was very interesting. You sent it to both Steve and me. The Democrats. No, well, 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 I. Yeah. I had the idea. You found the article. Oh, there you go. Okay. My Hello, we work together. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, we come together. Here you go. Uh, like good teammates do, we all come together and we end up scoring goals. So there you go. Um, Democrats take oh, aim at targeted online advertising in new bill. So it basically, this legislation, John, would ban the kinds of ads that Facebook and other tech companies would depend on. What are your thoughts Seeing as how that you are on this crusade to destroy Facebook, which I love. Yeah, well, I love I love that, but I actually do not have an opinion about oh. it. So I had to go look for an opinion. Okay. <laughs> I didn't have an opinion on it because I don't exactly know what it is. Mm -hmm. So when yeah. I read the article, I kind of got an idea, but I found this company, Epic.org, and their CEO came out and said something. Mm. Just to read, just to read it real quick. It's yeah, target advertising isn't just creepy. It can have significant impacts in marginalizing communities, individuals in these communities, and can, tar and can target them for scams, disinformation, and preventing them to see information about housing and job openings. Hmm. Now, if that's 100% accurate, I'm all on board. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a very interesting take. Uh, I do know that they are incredibly annoying. I know that for sure. They absolutely are. <laughs> um, especially when you're going... if. You know, if you've been a regular Facebook user, you're right. You scroll down, friend, 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 add, 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 friend, friend, add, 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 add. You know, and it's like, come on, where, you know, where are my friends here? It's not just, it's not just there's add, 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 add. That's annoying enough. But, you know, I was online last night looking at something I may be thinking about buying. And now the next day, that add, add, add on Facebook is the exact same thing I was looking at. That's a little weird. That is a little is weird. Very, let me tell you a quick story of that. Uh, so me and my wife have a, a running joke about the Instapot. Anytime we're at the store, we have a running joke all the time. I'm like, hey, you want to buy a bomb? Like every time. It's just, a, it's just a, it's an inside joke. But for some reason, because I've said Instapot so many times around my phone, when we correlate that joke, Facebook literally tries to sell me an Instapot. Like they're like, oh, look, it's on Amazon. It's a hundred and whatever dollars. Like, that's 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 the creepy part where the where the epic CEO said that. That's just creepy to me. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. I I can remember even just looking up like, I usually buy my sneakers online. You know, and usually Skechers. I just love the sneaker or whatever. I'll search it online and it's like ah, you know what? Ah, You're right not to today. Level. Yeah, <laughs> not today. But then. What happens when I go again, I log online, I start seeing these pop-up ads and they're all sneakers ads. And I'm like, I don't want this. And it's like, I'm trying to delete the ads. And it's like, this is, this is driving me crazy sometimes when I see something like that. It's like, I, you know, it's the impulse to buy. I think that's a big problem in America because it's oh, always absolutely. we want the next big thing. We're programmed to be consumers. We're programmed to be consumers, and when you throw that into an internet age where you've got an algorithm on top of that, oh my gosh, good night almighty. Yeah, it's, it's, not good. Before I knew 
what what it all was like especially like being a consumer and you know i slowly have become a minimalist and i i really do not purchase many things like i i just don't i like things i like like things back there you know yep. i purchased and you know they give me buyer's anxiety and they're not that expensive um <laughs> but i could see how that advertising can keep people yeah. at a limit where they don't where, where people that don't know how to save money yeah. will never save money especially if these things are helping them a lot yes. and that's a, that's what i kind of i kind of dig what that ceo said because i can see how that could keep impulses yeah alive alive and your amazon account you could spend like 35 dollars at amazon a night just because you want something and oh look it's on sale Oh, that's I can, get it, the, I can get it the next day, and yeah, all that. Yeah, stuff. they find yeah. they find the sales for you. Oh, like yeah. they're doing all the work for you. Oh yeah, because they just want you to press that. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure if you press that Amazon key, Amazon kicks Facebook money. Oh yeah, because oh at one hundred percent, one hundred percent, easy peasy, like right. So if Facebook writes an algorithm, that stuff needs to go away. Oh yeah, if you want to waste all your money on Amazon, go ahead. That's your right to do it. You don't need Facebook's help. No, you can do your own search. No, yeah. John, there you're absolutely right. There's, there's, it's called click through. Okay. And they keep statistics on it. And if, if someone is uh, clicking through your Amazon ad on Facebook, um, Amazon will kick some money to Facebook because it's like, hey, they, you know, you got us this engagement. So here's your cut. I need to get I, that. I, deal I would that. also say this too. It, it is very interesting how these algorithms work because, as you guys know, I'm a I'm a Christian and also I love sports. So you combine both of those two things together. What am I being? See- what am I seeing on my ads on my Facebook feeds? Tim Tebow. Christian sports gear. Huh? Yeah. Where it would be like you've got gym shirts, where it's like it's like Active Faith, it's, and they're their company in Texas. But all of a sudden, because I've been liking posts by Christian ministers, authors, whatever the case may be. And also the fact that I'm adding in sports, all of that data is being collected. Boom, boom, boom. Ads are showing up. Hey, you can get this shirt at 20% off. If you want to work out and share your faith, 20% off, here's your shirt. And I'm like, where did that come from? You know, I didn't even search for that particular ad. Where did that come from? So it's these little tricky things. And again, I'll just add this before we move on. You add all of this into a culture that does not, John, to your point, does not know how to save money. And instead spends a ton. Yeah, that is a huge issue, and that I, is something we really need to address as a as a culture. I think it's not just that they don't know how how to not spend money; it's they can't control. They can't yeah. control it. Yeah. It's they can't it, control the urge to spend. Yes. That's why we can't. That's why we can't know about aliens. For the same reason. <laughs> like well, I thought. I thought Matt was going to tell me with Christian sports gear that he was going to get like a hockey stick that was blessed with holy water. <laughs> I thought he was going to put John 316 on the shaft. Who knows? And I'll tell you the most annoying part of the ads is when you've already bought the thing. You know, I I already bought the air fryer, right? I don't need to be inundated with more ads for air fryers because I already got mine. I already bought the purchase. It still shows me because I I purchased that the Edge back there, the the Funko Pop of Edge, Mm because I purchased it Mm -hmm. on Amazon. They, it still shows me wrestling Funko Pops all the time because I purchased one. Well, that's that's how that works. But what I'm saying is when you've already purchased 
the yeah. product that's being advertised. <laughs> that's it's like, oh, you need that second. I don't, I don't need a second air fryer. Well, that's the thing. You, you need a third, and you need a fourth air fryer. You know, that's just what I'm saying. If you got a pretty big kitchen, because you might need three air fryers. That's what they're telling you. You might need one at one side because you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to have to walk from one side of your kitchen to the other. <laughs> You could just have air fryers stationed in each corner yeah, of the kitchen. Stationed and... Yeah. Look, look, Problem the solved. day the day my wife asked for an air fryer for Christmas, I was like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that day. Like <laughs> once that happens, I mean I'm running out of the apartment. I'm getting it, right? Oh, I, it's so all funny. I need is a yes. Oh, that is so funny. I can't wait well, to make the tax on that thing. Gents, let's move on to our third topic, and this is our sports topic here. Um, we each took a stab with the NFL playoffs entering into the divisional round. Cowboys not in the divisional round. Ha, 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 ha. They're in the trash can. They are in the trash can, exactly. Should have been in the crapper, but, you know. Well, Sanitation, Matt. Sanitation. Yeah. For God's sake. I know. So, anyway, we took a look at the at the brackets, and we have presented our own versions we'll throw them up on now as we we talk here i'll go None to john first we know yeah exactly this is our best guess of course we we i will say all three of us did protect the eagles going nine and eight that was that i i don't think that's ever happened In uh really with three uh, different paths to get it. there but yeah, we we've had the right kind of plan yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I did. I did have them going on quite a run at the end. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And they totally so, did. So they so, totally did. Yeah. Hey, exactly. What we're trying to say is, pay attention to Steve's bracket. <laughs> Just amuse me in that. <laughs> no. 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 Especially this is especially funny since this episode is going to air after. Yeah. The divisional after round. The divisional weekend, so yeah. Exactly. Our picks yeah. may already be garbage yeah, by the exactly. time they're, they're We out don't there. even know. We don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But yeah, just take doing a look this at this. Blind for everybody, for your amusement, we are not looking at anything. We're doing this completely blind. There we you did go. It last night, we're not looking at anything. We're not changing anything. Nope. This was literally last night we predicted. Love this. it. I absolutely love it. The biggest thing, too, I will say, like of all, all of us, we all love the Packers going to the NFC Championship game. We all have fallen in love with the Buffalo Bills. I think it's just because the Bills have nobody hurt, they have nobody on COVID protocol. I mean, they are one of the best teams in the National Football League. And they, quite frankly, they deserve to win a Super Bowl for crying I'd out loud. So. I mean, they've got a great quarterback, great offense, great defense. They're, I mean, Sean McDermott, come on. Um, what's interesting among the three of us, as you see on screen here, all three of us have three separate NFC champions. Steve has the Tampa Bay Bucks. Boo. Uh, I've got the Green uh, Bay Packers. Are you betting against Tom Brady? Come on. Yes, 100%. All the time. Um, we've, been, we've been conditioned not to. I don't know. Exactly. Uh, I have the Packers. Mm -hmm. Double boo. Uh, John has the Los Angeles Rams going for the back-to-back -back home yes. Super Bowls. Yes. Uh, so, I John, I'm going to, like, Rams. What What do you think with the if, Rams? If they don't win, because I think, I think they're the best team. Yeah. Like, if they literally don't win, the whole thing is fixed. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way either of those quarterbacks can outscore. Hmm. Okay. Like the Rams with those receivers. Like it, it, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the game's going to be like 97 to 98. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's not going to be a defensive. Big time score gone. Yeah. Yeah. You can't outscore <laughs> that team. That's why I think they're going to the Super Bowl. You just can't outscore them. There you go. Uh, Steve, the Bucs. I him for my fantasy team this year. Oh. I, went to, I went to the Super Bowl. So I'm just going with that. There you go. 
lost, but you know. Steve, um, the Bucks. Any reason for that? Is it just because of Brady? Well, one, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you when you watch that guy operate, you can't help but be amazed to your at stomach. what no. he does. <laughs> I, it's it's I hate it, but yeah, I mean, he's, it's, it's like, like Sidney Crosby. I, I hate his guts, but yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta admit it's, he's good. Could you imagine? Absolutely. Could you imagine how big the victory would have been over the Eagles if he would have completed those six passes that they dropped? Oh yeah, in the on the first two drives, they mm. they would have won three straight Super Bowls. First team to do it. Had yep. we not interceded, and stopped. well, there's a, there's a, makes me happy. There's a difference between real football and what Nick Foles does in big games. It's just that there's a different. It's a different. It's different, yeah. a different level. So <laughs> yeah, exactly, Brady. Brady was one of the heaviest factors of me picking the Bucks, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm also banking on Aaron Rodgers choking in yet another NFC title yeah. game because yeah, that just tends well. to happen. And I'm, I see, I'm sentimental. I want him to get over the top and go to another Super Bowl before he retires. And I have, um, I don't, you know, I, that's what I'm banking on. That's why I picked the Packers to to go all the way, uh, but. I think what was really cool is that all three of us, like I said at the top, all three of us love the Buffalo Bills, I think, and uh, we want to see them succeed and win their first. And, you know, they're and the just... fact you have no injuries. I mean, that's None. remarkable. Like, you could lose three At this players, time of year? A, yeah, and still have a pretty good shot after you win losing three players, as long as it's not the major players. All and three not... of us picking them now is going to be the kiss of death. They're going to lose, like, their entire offense I know. in the AFC Championship game. I know. Or, or he's going to throw seven interceptions. Or Kansas time. City is going to ruin the whole thing, and they're going to beat him at Arrowhead tonight. Well, that, and, and what do we know about life? If, if Andy can screw Philadelphia, he's going to. <laughs> <laughs> he did it when he was here. He did it when he left. Exactly. It's fine. Exactly. I'm okay with the relationship I have with Andy Reid. I still love him. All that being said, though, let's move on. John, you had a terrific question for the two of us, for Steve and me. What was that question? Oh, the the question I've been asking all the time, and and if you if you know me, and if you watch us, and you've known me for a long time, I love to incite baseball Hall of Fame arguments all the time. My it, my most famous one, just and maybe we'll do this one time. Mm. You find two you find two older gentlemen, mm. and you go Rod Carew or Tony Gwynn, and you walk away. You come <laughs> back three hours later, and they're almost at, in a fist fight. <laughs> so I, I tried it with you guys. I thought I would try this thing. So are you my, suggesting Matt and I are older men? Because no, no, this is this is one for us dukes. our age. So yeah. this is I, I picked someone for our age that, that, that played very very um, long for the Phillies. Yep. And is Jimmy Rollins a Hall of Famer? It's it's a question. It's such a great question because I I did end up pulling his stats. So let's look at it here. He is an, a career two sixty four hitter. He hit two hundred thirty one home runs in his career, nine hundred thirty six RBIs, four hundred and seventy steals in his career. His on base percentage was three twenty four, slugging a four eighteen for an OPS of seven forty three. 2,455 hits for the Philly, uh, for his career. Yes. For the Phillies, he is the all-time hit leader at 2,306. That blows my mind. Which is just remarkable. Um, you know, he had, from 2004 to 7, he hit over 115 hits each of those four years. The 115 was the bottom one. He had 139 
He had 139 hits in 2007. In 2008, um, and he also had 20 triples in 2007 as well, just so you know. But in 2008, uh, the average dipped slightly to 277, ended up winning the World Series. That's okay. He's a... Yeah, uh, that was a phenomenal... That, he had a phenomenal year that yeah, for, year. Yeah. He is a uh, MVP of the National League in 2007, obviously. Three-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glover. He also won the Silver Slugger. He's a 2008 really World Series champion, obviously. Uh, we did take a look at some of the stats uh, compared to others, and he is right there in terms of power numbers. He's in the top five all-time with shortstops. He's wow. right there. Uh, towards the bottom, though, in terms of batting average and, uh, and I think with runs scored and all that kind of stuff, but in the power, you know, hits or whatever, home runs, RBIs, he's right. He actually there. made a great – I think I, both of you made the point. Is his average was affected by his leadoff stature. Yeah. Yeah, Steve made that point. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that was. I, so I don't really look at his averages. Not getting him in a hole. No, hit. not his his average. Not his average. His RBIs. Oh, his, RBI, his RBIs. Okay, that, that's his RBIs were were probably down just because he hit in the leadoff spot. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I mean, this is such a fascinating question because he played for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, he clearly, I think, was the best shortstop in the National League. Um, for the era that he played in. I don't think there was anybody else that was relatively he's con- close. Yeah, he's in the conversation. He's certainly in the conversation. Yeah. I think the closest one we found was like Jose Reyes. Those he two wasn't, went back. But he wasn't Reyes that was good long more, enough. Yeah, yeah he was Reyes was more of a slap hitter. Rollins was more of the power, single line drive, double hitter. You know, and could get on and could steal bases. The only one that was good during his like prime years was Hanley Ramirez, but he was only good for three years. Yeah, that was like the only ones that we could come up with. Like that was, they were the good. Was like Omar, Omar Vizquel of the of the Indians, which was I, you but know I also I, think during the Jeter era. If we're going to go American League, like yeah, and that may be why you don't view, like people don't view him as a Hall of Famer because he played at the same time that probably one of the greatest played. Yeah, I've always said Derek Jeter is so good that Alex Rodriguez had to move to third base. Like that, I've always said that about Derek Jeter. That, yeah. That's my, that's my like pecking order for baseball shortstops is yeah. Derek Jeter's so good that the other greatest shortstop ever, ever. literally has to play third base when he comes yeah. on the team. <laughs> exactly. Um, Steve, I mean, what do you think like with Jimmy Rollins? Is he indeed a Hall of Famer? And before, before when John sent the article, before I read the article, NBC Sports article. Yeah. Before I read the article, my answer was probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just that has a lot to do with the fact that I don't pick, keep up with the numbers, and I don't. Mm-hmm. You, you know, there there are certain numbers where you, it's like automatically you're in the Hall of Fame, right? Three thousand hits, yep. five hundred homers, yep. you know, three hundred batting average, yep. that kind of stuff. Yep. With none of which he ha- he had. Um, and so I, you know, I thought, well, I, I love Jimmy Rollins and obviously he needs to be in the Phillies hall of fame or wall of fame or whatever the hell they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought, yeah, he's probably not going to make the the baseball hall of fame. But when we actually, when I read the article and it made some good points, he was a unique, uh, blend of things at shortstop. No doubt. His, his I questioned his leadoff. Oh, he probably should not have been leading off. 
Yeah, all of us did. Yeah, his his on base percentage as a leadoff hitter was just never was dreadful. Normal. It was literally atrocious at times. Yeah, it was. But but he had a lot of power, Mm -hmm. uh, which which is fairly unusual for that position. And the fact that he's like five foot two. He also was one of the best defensive shortstops. Well, he had he had power and he was quick, so he stole a lot of bases in addition to being able to hit home runs. He was a unique player in that regard and when we looked at his numbers compared to like barry larkin from the cincinnati reds who i'm familiar with Mm -hmm. power power hitting shortstop if you're not barry larkin's in the hall of fame so i think everything else yeah i I think he gets in i I did not i did not even reading the article the Hmm. article did not move me i've always had the same thought but really funny story. We go into a pre-production meeting. We start breaking stats down. Yeah. And when Matt ran that Hall of Fame stat, and literally Jimmy's like, Jimmy six, Jimmy seven, Jimmy's eight, Jimmy's yeah. here, Jimmy's there. Like yeah. he, every single stat that we were looking at, that changed. It completely changed my mind. I was yeah. like, he has to be in the Hall of Fame mm. because there's not anything where he was at the bottom of the list of mm. the Hall of Famers already at shortstop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you. If you're not like, like you can, when you're in business, we do this all the time. Like when you're, when everybody's checking all the boxes, when you're doing a review, you're not going to not give them a raise. No. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like if you have no criticism, you're going to be like, Hey, you have- okay. This guy. Yep. And that's, I think that's Jimmy Rollins plate now is he checks all the boxes. I so don't think he, to your point though, that's such a great point what you just said, John. But I would say this: I do not think he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, absolutely because not because of his average. And but again, to Steve's point, does he make it in the fifth try? I would say so. I would say like at that I'd point, bad if he didn't. Yeah, at that say, point, it's kind of like you got to put him in. Maybe not the second time because of the generation that he played in. Yeah. But if you're but talking fifth, sixth, if he seventh, he doesn't time, make it third or fourth. Yeah, that's a crime. Yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. But definitely not a first ballot Hall of Famer. No, no. Definitely. Um, here's and the based on the based on the public ballots that have come out so far, he probably won't be. But he makes he's he's I think somebody said he's officially uh had enough public votes that he has enough to be on the ballot next year. He's got uh, at least the minimum. Yes. So no, he's no. crossed that threshold. That's yeah, really exactly. good. Yeah. I, and I think he will continue. I think he will oh, he'll if be he up doesn't there. get in, he'll stay on the ballot. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. Kinda, that's kind of the player he was. No, oh, yeah. I mean, he will be. He will go down as the greatest ever shortstop. I think in the, in the Phillies history. Oh, you mean question. Larry Boa isn't? No, I'm kidding. That, that their relationship cracked me up. Yeah. Because Larry Boa knew how good he was. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I he mean, it wasn't all, even close. He knew all it was going to get as soon as he met Jimmy's him. like, "Are you kidding me? Come on, I'm I'm going to take your spot. Don't worry about this. You know that kind of a deal. You know, it's just like Larry Boa. You know what? Larry Boa reminded me of Bill Berge. You know, just talk about how great he was. He'll tell you. No, but except except if the only thing that I liked about him is but Bill Berge is completely full of shit. <laughs> I, I don't think. I really don't think Larry Boa is. I mean, Larry Boa likes to talk about himself, but he did. He was good. Yeah, he was. He's got yeah. the record to back it up. Yeah, he was yeah, good. No, that's and true. That's true. Great. 
I think the managerial sours yeah. me a little bit on him. Really, yeah. I think his managerial. The bench coach stuff though makes me think of him even better. When he was a bench coach, yeah, terrific. The success those teams had. Yes, he was, he was always the. He, he was, was right always there. That guy though, he was yeah. always the support to the superstar. Yeah. So of course the bench role was better for him. It'd be perfect for him. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. couldn't agree more. All right. Well, we've hit the happy. We did. And um, John, I guess we're just going to go ahead and play this. I'm going to try uh, to, yeah. Or at least give it a shot here. Yeah, this computer works. <laughs> oh, there it is. There we yeah, go. I'm find it. Look at that. Charles McGee was a fighter pilot with a legendary Tuskegee Airmen, the all-black unit that broke racial barriers in the military, fighting for their country and for their country's respect. He amassed more than 400 career combat missions in World War II and later in Korea and Vietnam. After my first flight, I was hooked. I loved flying. McGee died on Sunday at 102 years old. Vice President Kamala Harris calling him an American hero. Secretary of Defense Lloyd J. Austin III writing, I'm also incredibly grateful for his sacrifice, his legacy, and his character. I spoke with McGee in 2020, soon after he was awarded the rank of Brigadier General by President Trump. General McGee, our nation salutes you. Thank you, sir. Has life changed a lot now that you are general? <laughs> a lot to be thankful for. Uh, because of that. What are your most vivid memories of being a Tuskegee Airman at war? Although we didn't change segregation, we provided a background that gave our Air Force the opportunity when the air and ground portions separated to bring about uh, equal access and equal opportunity for all. His message to young Americans. And the knowledge to know that they can achieve if they believe in it uh, themselves and uh, don't let others tell them that uh, they can't do something. Yeah. Charles McGee, 102, uh, one of the last, if not the last, Tuskegee. I think the last. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you ever get a chance to look up what the, the, what the Tuskegee Airmen were, please do so. Uh, it is an amazing story of what they uh, endured and what they did oh, in fighting for the country. And, and they fit right in the, the two noobs criteria of being a World War II vet and being oh, yeah. amazing and doing things that I don't think generations, I don't think we'll ever have to do that again. No. But the, 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 the ability that they had yeah. to, to fight probably the worst that we've seen so far, mm-hmm. like yeah. just hats off to every single every single member of anything, and he was he was one of those high ranking guys. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. There a, wasn't there a movie about them a few years ago? So. There might have been. Yeah, like a, I, I don't mean like a documentary. I mean like a Hollywood. I think um, there was. You know. Yeah, I'll have to check on that. Maybe we'll follow that up. But yeah, I think, I think that's right. when I that when I first actually heard about him because you know history is weird. <laughs> uh, they don't they don't like to teach you the cool stuff they like to teach you the you know yeah exactly. and then you learn about this and you're like wow i would have totally wanted to hang out in that class because oh, heck yeah. they're amazing yeah. they were amazing what they did like i world war ii just tugs at my heartstrings 
Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly does. And I know like just from the family perspective over here, I know my father has seen it and he has met a few uh, World War II veterans. And he has always says, it's such a great quote where we stand on the shoulders of giants and yep. that is exactly what they are. Absolutely. So yeah, no doubt about that. So that's it guys. We've hit it. And we've wrapped up episode 68 of Two Noobs Talking. As always, guys, it's great to be able to talk with you this afternoon. Um, talk about all the different topics of the day. So let's hit them up with our shameless plugs. Where can people find us? Who are you asking? I don't know. Whatever you, whoever wants to take it. John's taking it. We hey. are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, we might be re-entering Clapper because I found out a cool thing that you can do on Clapper that you can't do on TikTok. Okay. We're gonna, we, we might be doing that. Um, I don't know. I have to look into it. But we're also on the Twitter thing, right? We're on yes, Twitter. we are. We are on Twitter. That the absolute wonder of if you don't follow Steve's cousin Tom on Twitter, do it now. Um, <laughs> he actually made my morning. Um, with wrestling Twitter, it was awesome. Oh, uh, but if you're on Twitter, it was, it, it's good. Uh, it lets us know when we post a Podbean. So if you follow us on Twitter, uh, Podbean will notify Twitter, and that's how you know that our episode. Oh, is off. that was that, those are automatic. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so you guys? All right. I thought you guys were actually getting off your butts and posting on Twitter, but no, absolutely not. Absolutely. Bots. <laughs> but anyway, we uh, those short videos then, of course, post to our main YouTube channel, which is Two Noobs Talking Podcast. Like, share, subscribe, and get notified whenever our new episodes drop. And, of course, on the audio side, Steve. Matt, we are proudly hosted by Podbean, as John said. There you go. Uh, And they disseminate our nonsense out to the world of podcasting. So you can listen to us on Google Podcasts, Mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podcasts. Spotify, whether or not that's in John's doghouse is the question. Oh, of the we love day. Spotify. Spotify is good today. Okay, Spotify is good today. So, come on in. Come on in. There you go. Spotify is good. Good Spotify. <laughs> good Spotify. Get out. Uh, <laughs> we we are also. I found out this week we are also on Amazon Music. Believe it or not, I mean, there you find us there. I get Matt. Way to click a button, man. I mean, uh, hey, we're we're everywhere, Johnny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're we're, we're, we're Googleable. We're not only we're Googleable, we are also broadcasting in Yemen for crying out loud. So we are everywhere right now. And if you are listening in Yemen right now, two dudes talking at, at gmail.com. gmail.com, you will get a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Our show notes, of course, yeah, can Steve's be found. Dick Rocket shirt. I love it. Show, oh, show notes can be found at two noobs talking at dot wordpress.com. And we have links to all the articles, all the topics we talked about today. We'll throw that in. What the heck? Do all that type of stuff. We'll we'll do something. We'll do something. We always do. That's it, guys. As always, such a great time to be able to talk with you. And uh, on to 69. Can't believe it. When do we get the Newsy Lalonde episode? That's a good question. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what number he was. I don't know what he was either. We'll have to look that up. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right. Yager salute. Out. Talk to you all next week. Take care. If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. That's a great question. What is the long-term effect of too much information? One of the effects is the need to be first, not even to be true.